0: And this is the Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 15th chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, when the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who comes from the Father, he will testify in my behalf. You also are to testify because you have been with me from the beginning. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. Now I am going to him who sent me, yet none of you asks me, where are you going? Because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because they do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father and you will see me no longer. About judgment, because the ruler of this world has been condemned. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you from God, our Creator and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Pentecost is many things, but more than anything, it is a festival, it is a celebration. It's a festival in the Jewish faith, celebrating the harvest, but also celebrating the giving of the Ten Commandments so many, many years ago. In our Christian faith, this moment, this day of Pentecost marks the end of the Easter season, and even in other ways, it marks the beginning of the church. We say that Pentecost is the birthday of the church, that moment where the Holy Spirit fills what becomes the apostles and sends them out into the world to spread the good news. You see, therefore, we take time to celebrate this day in special ways. We get special pieces of music to help sort of proclaim the good news. We wear our best red shoes on days like this to help make sure that people are filled with that that fiery spirit. And we even use today as the moment to mark some certain occasions in the lives of our people, particularly this day, an affirmation of baptism, a confirmation of faith, for our youth, a stepping stone in becoming an adult in the life of the church. And the common thread that kind of weaves through all of these things is the Holy Spirit. And oftentimes, in Bible studies this week, I get asked that question, what is the Holy Spirit? And My answer is, I don't know. I don't know. But I don't even think that's the best question to ask. I think a more fruitful question is asking, what is the Holy Spirit doing? Because then we can see, we can witness, we can testify to what it is doing among us. And if we rewind way back to the first century, the Holy Spirit is doing some amazing things. The Holy Spirit is a theophany. A revealing of God's very presence and, and rushing winds and little tongues of flames that sit above their heads. And I always think that if that happened to me, my hair would likely catch on fire with all the product I use, but that's neither here nor there, right? That, that Holy Spirit, that fiery spirit that fills them. It's that same fiery spirit that allows them to hear and make sense of the cacophony of languages that they hear around them. The people are able to communicate clearly even if they can't otherwise understand a word they are saying. It's a spirit that's revealing truth and leads to truthful testimony as is the case with Peter here this day. Those are all great things. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing. At least that's what it was doing in the first century. But here's the truth of the matter. It doesn't really impact so much what I'm doing today. Because as far as I can tell, no one has little flames above their heads this morning. As far as I can tell, everyone this morning is gathered and and that rushing wind hasn't quite blown through yet, although we did turn the A.C. on, I promise. The point is, what does it matter so long ago? What is the Holy Spirit doing now? That's, that's what I care about. What does this mean for me here today? And I'll tell you, as a pastor, I use the Holy Spirit a lot. And I use it a lot as a default explanation and excuse. If something goes, well, it was the work of the Spirit. Oh, the Spirit's at work at St. Paul today. We had a great capital campaign, the Spirit-led capital campaign. Thank you very much. Or, oh, the youth did this wonderful thing. How Spirit-led are they? They must have been filled with the Spirit when they went and did that trip, or when when they went and got confirmed, or when they did their faith statements. The Spirit led them each and every step of the way to success. The Spirit was present in our council meeting this week because it was less than two hours. Clearly, a spirit-led moment in the life of the church. Oh, See, this is what we do, though. As a pastor, I love to use the spirit to explain all of life's little successes. And while it might be true that the spirit is very much present in each and every and all of those moments, I think I'm doing it a disservice That if we only limit the Spirit to those successful moments, we're going to run into some real tough moments along the way. How then do we explain its absence when things don't go the way we want? That then pulls me to our reading out of Romans this morning where it says, we know the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit. We as individuals, we collectively as a creation, those that bear the first fruits of the Spirit are groaning in labor pains. We are suffering as yet. And if we listen carefully, we can hear creation groaning around us. We hear it groaning at its very destruction at our hands, whether it be the consequences of our misuse that have led to climate change, and and even worse, the dwindling resources that we just burn through time and time again without care for what it does to the larger creation. We hear creation groan at overpopulation, and the poor distribution of resources therein. Indeed, creation groans with disease and illness, and yes, even at this moment, a pandemic that yet rages on even as we slowly come out once more. And there's so many examples. This list goes on and on and on that sometimes it feels overwhelming. It feels like there's just so many things happening. There's so much pain around us that all we can do is groan and hope. Hope for something better. Hope for something more. And that's exactly what Paul would say is the right response. To go ahead and do that. Because what we hope for is something promised, Something yet unseen. What we hope for is a renewal for all of creation, even as creation groans out for help. What we hope for is a removal of all of that which burdens our souls because our souls are heavy burdened. What we hope for is help. Help in the midst of our own weakness. This day of Pentecost, you see, This day of Pentecost is full of all these really wonderful and amazing manifestations, all of these spectacular visuals that help us to see what the Holy Spirit is. And I've been searching for those in my life. And it's hard to find those places. It's hard to see it sometimes. Because the only time I ever want to see it is in life's successes. But it's more than that. It's bigger than that. It's greater than that. Because it's in the midst of life's pains, in the midst of life's hurt, that the Spirit is doing something amazing. It's giving us hope. It provides us hope. And as I mentioned, the tough thing about hope, Paul says, is that it's for that which is unseen. You don't hope for the thing you have. You hope for that which is yet unseen. As a pastor, I have been in many moments, as a person, I've been in many moments where I hope for that which is unseen, sitting in a hospital room, hoping for a miracle cure that no doctor has ever seen before, and yet in those moments I know the Spirit is is right there. It's not absent, it's present. it's, It's permeating each and every corner of that space. That Spirit is always there moving around us. It is profoundly present nevertheless. And I think that's the overlooked fruit of the Spirit. See, what is the Spirit doing? It is nevertheless providing hope for us in those moments of struggle, weakness, and pain. We are living in this unprecedented times. Nevertheless, God is guiding creation to a future perfection. The Holy Spirit may not be moving as visibly in our lives as we want or as we think it should be in our church or in our lives or wherever. Nevertheless, God is attentive and the Spirit is attentive to our every need, even those that we can't articulate ourselves. We may not know what God has in store for us, and nevertheless, the Holy Spirit accompanies us each and every moment of our lives, and yes, even into the next. Today, today we celebrate what the Spirit does. And what the Spirit is doing is providing hope for us, hope for that which is seen, and hope for that which is yet unseen. So thanks be to God for that spirit of hope once more. Amen.